What's up? Hello. Welcome hey, to. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Yeah, welcome to the JK podcast. Uh, you are joined here by the lovely voices of one Jordan and Keenan. Yeah, we're Yay. back with another fun-filled variety um, hour mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. you guys. So, yeah. Today is our first uh, Kurt Russell movie we're reviewing and the first Keenan uh, segment mm -hmm. to do. So uh, I say we jump right into it. And uh, so, Jordan, you watched Guns of Diablo. Um, can my answer be I wish that I hadn't? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, we, to give you guys a little behind the scenes, uh, I watched it on Saturday. We were originally planning on recording this on Saturday, and Jordan couldn't watch it in time. And I was mm -hmm. watching it, and I texted him, and I was like, "I am so sorry about this because it is, it was oh. so bad, and nothing really happens, and then there's a gunfight, and it's just like there are ugh. two gunfights, all right, two. Yeah, well, the first gunfight doesn't make any sense. He's just ambushed for no reason in. It made me. It made and me mad. Who is this he that you're referring to? That's not Kurt Russell. Uh, the main character guy who is Charles uh, Bronson. Charles Bronson. Yeah, he plays oh. Link Murdoch. I so I know of Charles Bronson in in the sense that he is a famous actor from that mm -hmm. time, but I don't think I have ever witnessed the majesty or lack thereof that is Charles Bronson like man that dude is there is more personality in a wet rag than that dude's acting in this movie unless that's the direction he receives <laughs> I, I I mean I I yeah it's a western so I think he's supposed to be you know the strong confident independent you know removed from the rest of society you know asshole that we all love hero that a lot of westerns build their tropes off of but god was he was a boring character because it took me forever to realize what the central conflict of the film was mm -hmm. i might have had the wikipedia page in front of me as i was watching the movie so that i <laughs> could remember oh, what was happening same thing. and then i also like looked up another plot synopsis so that i could understand what was happening more because the wikipedia and i just mean to say this so yeah. it's uh, one paragraph no it's uh <laughs> they say at the very end not to skip too much it's one paragraph but they say murdoch and the orphan teen flee to hunt for a lost gold mine but that's not what happens they yeah, go back they to the find dragon gold train mine. where his father is. So he's not even an orphan. So IMDb and Wikipedia don't even know what they're talking about. They didn't even pay attention to this movie. Yeah, and I wonder, so this is apparently based off of a TV series of The Travels mm -hmm. of Jamie McFeeder. So I wonder if that's like the original plot of that series that kind of got so lost in translation into I, movie form well i did a little i did a little like researching and it's it's very hard to realize to to understand if this 
movie was released in theaters or if it was just a TV movie they made as part of uh, the adventures of Jamie McFeeders because that TV show lasted like two seasons and it was just episodic. Jamie McFeeders and his family were heading west and he got into trouble. Mm. And so, Mm. I mean, this is just another... He gets into trouble. He gets taken to an old west town called Diablo. Good old Jamie. Then uh, he just hangs out with an old man for the entire episode. Mr. Nudson? Nut- Something. Nuts? It's I don't know, man. I mean his 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 Nutson. character isn't even Nutson. mentioned in this in the in the synopsis. He is in the cast so, though. Um He is in the cast. And may I just say that already at whatever age Kurt Russell is in this movie, he's out acting his colleagues in this film. Like I, I I found the scenes with Kurt Russell more entertaining than the rest of the movie. <laughs> the 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 scene that I was like, what is happening when he goes into the old man's room to like answer him hitting the floor, and then yes. the old man has like an attack, and so he gives him a pill. Then he tries to take his vitals. A heart attack. The old man, he has a heart attack. Mm-hmm. The uh. He tries to take his vitals, and they, he takes a couple of them, and he's like, that's enough. And then his tongue's purple, and he's like, it's because I took a purple pill. And it's like, what is happening in this story? And then they just play chess the rest of the time until a big gunfight happens, and the old man has to shoot a shotgun out of the window and get killed. Uh, hey, let's not forget the sequence where uh, Jamie McFeeders... So- I'm going to back up because I feel like we're just kind of going all over the place, even though this movie's all over the place. But basically, there's a caravan headed west to California, and they are in search of gold because it's the gold rush. Um, Right, right. So they, they need to stop for supplies, so they stop at this town. And Charles Bronson's character, Link, um... Oh, man. What's his last name? Link? Murdoch. Murdoch. Murdoch, thank you. I almost called him Macklin, but that's the bad guy. Uh, gets... Another great choice by them to make their names almost identical. Yeah. It's, uh, basically gets back together with an old flame of his who becomes married to the corrupt sheriff who mm-hmm. then uh, like arrests him and holds him in not a jail because this movie doesn't have the budget for it. They put them in the storeroom. Yeah, they put them <laughs> in the storeroom. But anyways, mm-hmm. meanwhile, uh, Kurt Russell's character is hanging out with this old, old prospector kind of guy playing chess, which brings me to the sequence that I was bringing up where he escapes to like try and find a gun or try and find help for his buddy, uh, Link, and he comes he. He climbs back into the second floor bedroom of this inn in time so that the bad guys don't know that he's, like, left confinement. And at that point, the bad guys decide to lock the door to the room. And all of a sudden, Jamie's like, oh, I can't leave now, even though he climbed out of the window to leave in the first place. 
<laughs> I'm like, what you, they didn't lock the window. Uh, I didn't I didn't catch I didn't catch that. I just like this movie made so little sense that I just kind of things like that I just was like, I guess he can't get out now. I guess by the logic of this movie he's trapped. Like, but you were one hundred percent right. He just got in there. I don't understand. And they're like, ah, oh, shocks, they locked the door. It's like, what? Who cares if they locked the door? <laughs> Just left for like 10 minutes. Uh, through not that door. So. Uh, and then, like, oh, man, there was just a lot. There was, like, one thing I did want to point out that I was surprised that uh, Maria and Charles Bronson were naked together. Like, they were obscured by a branch, obviously, but I was kind of surprised that, like, a 1960s, you know... Right. Would TV show, you know, movie, would risky. show that kind of nudity and really imply, like, uh, yeah, they had sex. Like, right, like, that, like, it seemed extremely obvious. Like, to any audience back then, what had just happened, I would feel. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, which like I mean makes sense, but it just I was I I was surprised by that, and then, like I don't know, it just was this it was the weirdest thing where it was just like, why was Maria married to Rance Macklin, the sheriff? Also, why did why did Murdoch think that she was dead? Yeah, they never really explained that. They were just I... he just goes like I thought you were dead, and she's like I'm not though, and they just oh okay. I don't know. Yeah. And, there, I don't know, there, there's some weird plot threads in this movie, like, Charles Bronson goes to work for this guy that's at a ranch in town, or was that a flashback? Oh, you know what? That would make so much more sense if that was a flashback. Because I thought that he did, in the middle of, like, just trying to get supplies, he just was like, We're I'm going to work for this guy. And we're gonna help out this ranching. <laughs> I do, that if that was a flashback, that makes way more sense because then it also explains why uh, there, Kurt there was Russell a... was nowhere to be seen. Yeah, that must have been a flashback, which makes sense then too because that middle uh, gunfight was um, uh, Macklin and his boys basically running Murdoch out of town because Macklin felt was in love with Maria. That makes way more sense. Wow. I, yeah, I, I came not... to that conclusion as I was saying that sentence, honestly. <laughs> oh my god. That that was not clear that that no, was, was a... I think there was like a weird screen effect where it was like um kind of blurry and like came back into view. Um but there was no dialogue that was like, oh man, I remember back when this happened or any any other sort of indication just like a weird visual indication and then scenes start yeah which i i guess i missed the visual indication and there might have been some like like what like westerns in general just had insanely long scenes like it's crazy to think of how different entertainment was back then and than it is now because maybe in that scene that set up the flashback he mentioned like oh man back in the day and we were mm-hmm. just supposed to infer, but our 2020 minds are so used to the languages of what flashbacks are that we were just like, 
oh, he was just reminiscing, and now this is the next things that happened. It's not yeah. we went back to see what happened. But I think also, like, the art of filmmaking has, like, um, I don't want to say just flat out improved, but it has evolved over 60 years, and they've gotten better at communicating certain things. Like, it's a 1965 movie. That is almost 60 years old at this point, and there are some yeah. really great movies, but I think at the point we're at now, even the bad movies generally you can follow because there are a certain set of standards that most filmmakers kind of abide by. And one of them is telling you when a flashback is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's meant to be ambiguous, like it is communicate, like you should feel like it's ambiguous. Yeah. yeah, it's part of the like how they tell you the story to be like, we don't know what time this is happening. Right. But <laughs> that makes that does make this movie make way more sense. But it doesn't make it any better. This no, is such it a bad movie. Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you there. And yeah, yeah, I I found Kurt Russell to be like, even though his B plot was way uninteresting and unimportant, like he was at least different from all the other like characters and how much fun yeah. they were having um yep. so i i totally agree but i it does make it very like uh, stupid that his whole b plot is to is to be just to befriend this old man and then when the old man like breaks open the window to start shooting down i'm like i get it so that's this is like the payoff of that friendship and then he just gets shot and he dies and did he... Was he actually rich? I'm so confused on that, too. Yeah, that guy, he um, he owned a... Um, or, like, he had something from the United States Bureau of whatever that's like, this gold mine belongs to this guy. Um, okay. So he had some sort of deed or land ownership piece of paper that's like, hey, you get the gold mine. Um, so he gave it to Jamie yes. when he died. Okay, but that makes way more sense. There's no signature saying that he wills this to anyone or anything like that. Don't which, need it. It's Old West. You just go on people's words. Right, which, like... For the listener, uh, Jordan's wife, um, Annie Hoots. <laughs> yeah, it, that movie was all over the place. Yeah. In a nutshell. It, was. it so, does make more sense as like an episode of a TV show, though. Because, yeah. like, then it would set up, like... It, it, it's a slow TV show, but at least then it sets up, like, oh, now they actually own a gold mine. Right. That they're going to in California. Okay, cool. And the way the movie is chopped up, it feels very episodic. Like, this is them going into town. This is his career as a ranch hand and this is like what happens after he's a ranch hand like it's, it's very chunk chunked out mm -hmm. so it's very chunky yeah i'm i don't know if we're talking ratings right now but i'm giving it a one uh i'm also giving it a one uh this is a bad movie you're right Kurt Russell was the best part of it i mean we'll see man I we can only go up from here and but I was looking at some of the other Kurt Russells. This is going a couple weeks ahead because next we're gonna do another Arnie movie. Mm -hmm. But uh 
they don't look good and i kind of have <laughs> part of my mind is to skip ahead to the computer that wore tennis shoes because that's at least like a movie that everybody is familiar with like from that generation you know right mm-hmm. my boss i remember telling me like oh he was a heartthrob he was in the computer with tennis shoes on or something like that and like that was the thing that all the teen girls watched and fell in love with Kurt Russell. So, oh, and his wavy but, hair, and his wavy hair. So part of me wants to skip his adolescence years of Western and Boy Scout movies, because uh, that's the next one that we would watch as a Boy Scout movie <laughs> that was funded by the Boy Scouts. So oh, great. I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I feel like what we sh- we might have to do is skip forward and back until we're into a good rhythm with Kurt Russell because. <laughs> Because if it's just ten downers in a row, then it's going to be bad. Sorry, I I cut you off there. No, no, no. That's exactly what I I feel like is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger had the advantage of not having a child's career in movies. Right. He he comes to this country at like 21 years old and just stars in a movie. And Mm -hmm. he just keeps starring in movies from there. So, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it it was something. Uh, so do we have, like, a Kurt Russell rating like we have an Arnold rating, or are we just kind of sticking to the same old thing? Or I, just I think we have, rating? of, like, Kurt Russell in this movie, mm-hmm. um, Kurt in this movie, are we, is it out of five? Um, let's see. I'm trying to remember now off the top of my head what we gave Arnold. Uh, ratings. Mm-hmm. Checking my notes while I'm podcasting because this is how improvisation works. Oh, it was a 10 point scale. 10 point scale. Okay. Then I'm going to give. I'll, I'm going to give Kurt Russell a four. No, a three. I was also going to give him a three. Yeah, I'm going to give him a three. He's the best part of this movie, but God, this movie's terrible. And if you put a star player on a terrible team, they're not going to win any Super Bowls. So That's true. It's a movie. There's no I in film. <laughs> There's no I in film? <laughs> or movie. You were about movie. to say movie, but you realize that that had an I in it, too. <laughs> There's no I in cinema. Damn it. <laughs> you know what they say? There's no movie stars at in movies, dang it. <laughs> oh man. Uh, let's so, let, uh, let's leave that behind us then. Okay. And well, never think about that movie before again. We, before we get to our next segment though, uh I think are we gonna watch Pumping Iron this week? It is a doc, but it is very important in the career of Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I actually have per IMDB I actually have a different movie that comes next, which is okay. called Stay Hungry. Okay. Uh, that movie came out in 1976. Uh, I'm trying to remember when Pumping Iron came out, because I'm starting to think that came out before this. Uh, so I don't know why IMDb wouldn't list it, but it's a comedy slash drama. Pumping Iron came out in 1977. Okay, so this does predate Pumping Iron. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, it's a comedy Let's drama. Stay Hungry. It has, it's sitting at a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, in case anybody's curious. 
That is a lot higher than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And it stars Jeff Bridges and Sally Field. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, would you like me... I, allow me to read this uh, short premise for Stay Hungry. A syndicate wants to buy a whole district to rebuild it. They've bought every house except the small gym, air quotes, or quotes, Olympic, where Mr. Austria Joe Santo <laughs> prepares for the Mr. Universum Championships a month ahead. The rich sunny boy, Craig Blake, is brought in by the syndicate as a dummy to buy the gym, but then he starts to like the people and falls in love with Joe's friend, Mary Tate. So... That's great. Arnold is the gym owner, Craig Blake is Jeff Bridges trying to buy the gym, and Sally Field is the lady he falls in love with. So Sounds like a good movie. Yeah. Uh, I kind of had a guess that the Austrian gym owner was Arnold Schwarzenegger, but... <laughs> I, I know, what uh, what tipped you off to that? <laughs> I don't know, man. But, hey, uh, hey, Jordan, did you catch the big game last night? Oh, man, did I? That was a real uh, doozy of a match between uh, the Manchurial Tigers and um, the other doodads. Nalgonda Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. man, that was... It was the final, too. Yeah, that was... So, the sport we're referring to is Kabaddi? Yeah, Kabaddi is what I've heard. Kabaddi, okay. Described as. Yeah, so I had Jordan watch the finals of the 2019, like, uh, it's a state in India championship mm -hmm. um, between the Eagles and the Tigers in a sport called Kabaddi. Yeah, can I describe to you, like how i think of the sport like absolutely yeah. yeah i think it feels like a combination of several sports uh mm -hmm. one dodgeball yep uh two tag yep. uh rugby mm -hmm. and just a dash of red rover <laughs> yeah yeah, I thought of the first three. That's how I, I think of it more as like, it's like dodgeball without the ball, but with tagging instead. And yes, yes. So it took me a second to catch on to what the heck was going on. But once I got, and, and in that moment, I'm like, man, is this what it's like for 90% of the planet to watch a fo an American football game? <laughs> Like, oh, oh my yeah, god that's, uh, when i like studied abroad in australia and i've talked to uh you know my cousins and stuff like that it that is 100 percent like what is up with football like it's such a hard sport to just look at and mm -hmm. understand what's happening and that's one of the things i'm trying to do here is 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 you know open up to some weird sports for the american eye but mm -hmm. uh i just had a couple questions Totally. You. Fire away. First I am an expert now in the sport. I'm going oh, to be on whatever news channel that was on yep. for the next yep, yep, yep. championship. Uh, so you, did you enjoy the big game? Did you yes. enjoy somebody? It was, yeah? it was great. And although, so <laughs> can I just say something about the mechanics of playing that sport? Why are you able to 
kick so high into the air to touch somebody. That's you, insane. You are absolutely allowed to kick somebody in the face. So that was that was for my my next my next questions were do you want to take a stab at describing this game to the listener? Yes, yes. Like what are the rules? What are your first impressions of it? You know, would you like to give it a go? Okay, yeah. So there are two teams on a small indoor court. I would say, man, I'm trying to think of a good comparison of us. I would say, like, honestly, badminton would be, like, the size of the playing area. about the size of, like, a volleyball court. That that seems to so it's smaller than a basketball court for sure. Yeah, it almost seems smaller I than volleyball like too, because like they're also spread out in like indoor volleyball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, sorry, I didn't mean to. to no, that's like, all right. So it, a relatively small space somewhere between badminton and indoor volleyball, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I would say it's about two teams of eight. I think seven. Seven, seven. On seven. Okay. Seven on seven game. And in which teams take turns, one player from one team will cross half court to the other side. And they they have several potential objectives in order to score points for their team. They can either one uh, tap their, f- they can cross the line of their opponent by simply stepping over it and then returning back past half court to score the point. Or they can tag an opponent from the opposite team and make it back across half court. The catch is if you tag somebody from the opposite team and make it back across half court, they are now out and down a man. Mm-hmm. But once you cross either that line or touch someone, they can tackle you. <laughs> yeah. um, well, they, you don't even have to touch them. They they are allowed to tackle you at any time. But okay. if anybody you touch, if right. you touch all seven of them and move back, then all of them would be out. Right. You get so seven points. you only want to tackle someone if you're 100% sure that they are not going to make it back across half court. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, you can kick people as a method of tagging somebody. <laughs> yep. <of laughs> Which course. is insane. Because that kick that I saw a few times was at face level. Mm-hmm. Like, you could get yeah. a heel to the face, like, round, not roundhouse kick, but just like, oh, if they were just caught sleeping or just distracted by something else, they could get messed up seriously <laughs> oh yeah and, they they could they could have gotten kicked in the face for sure oh and that seems wild to me mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but yeah i think i feel like i covered it pretty good i mean I the specifics i might have gotten a little bit off but yeah no no i mean i i think that, that but that's like you definitely understood the game enough to enjoy watching it to like understand like what they were trying to do right and what they uh, didn't want to happen mm-hmm. um the only other additions that i the weird things that i find interesting are you don't have to score a point it's the the guy right. who goes across is called the raider and you don't have to score a point when you do a raid but you can't do three no points in a row Okay. If you do that, then you're out. So that, that's why. That makes sense. 
there was some random times where they would do a special graphic that was like do or die yeah i, that I saw bad. that oh, okay that yeah. makes sense so they had to do something otherwise they got kicked out anyway so they, they might as yeah, well try they, they had to score a point or else they would get out and the other team would get a point so they had to go for it and then the only other thing is that if you are the raider and you tag somebody any anybody that you tag and then you make it back your team gets that amount of people back so yes. if you're down if it's down to like four on four and you tag two of them you get two of your teammates back so now you're up to six yeah. so that's like the numbers don't just always keep going down you can mm -hmm. replenish your sides right oh and it's two halves of 20 minutes for a total of 40 minutes mm -hmm. of game mm -hmm. which makes it move pretty quick I liked it. Yeah. Oh, and the weirdest rule that I do not, I would not anticipate that you could catch was that the raider has to be chanting the word kabaddi the entire time they're raiding <laughs> because they have to prove that they're doing this raid on one breath. Oh, what? Yeah, because there's a what? 30 second timer that is like in the professional version they also use. But they also have to keep saying kabaddi loud enough for the the referees to hear them say it so when oh they cross the line they take a big God. breath in and then they do all that stuff and then they make it back it's Holy. crazy wow that is that is wild oh my that i i kind of love that <laughs> i think it's it's like Part of me is like, oh man, this could be a pretty interesting sport to play, like around the world, kind of a maybe not like you know soccer oh. level or anything like that. Like, I thought you meant to participate, and I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm I, good. I would not want to participate uh, in this sport. I don't I don't want to get a shoe to the face. <laughs> true, true. But I feel like like you'd have to like simplify the rules a bit to make it more like American gym class appropriate. Mm -hmm. You know, like sure. rule number one. Don't kick people in the face. Rule number two, you know? Yeah, no, no like, high I kicks. Like, you, like you can tag with your oh. foot, but nothing above the waist. Or nothing above the knees. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> rule. That's a good rule. Uh, but, like, they would definitely make it so that it was just, like, 30 seconds per raid. But there's something weirdly cool about, like, no, they're doing it on one breath. But they don't even talk about that. Like, I don't know. It's just, it... it, uh, it I mean, I, I assume... Me. It's the equivalent of like dribbling in basketball, where like, of course they're dribbling, and like, unless they travel or double dribble, they're not going to be talking about the dribbling kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But even more subtle than that, because, uh, like, you won't might not be able to hear it on the camera. So I have a question about the sport. Is there any out of bounds? Because I didn't, I don't understand that was the, the point of the boundaries. That was the weirdest part to me. And what I was able to figure out was that, um, did you see the, there was like yellow alleys, like most yes. of the court was purple and what we watched and it was yellow alleys. Mm -hmm. Apparently in the men's sport, the yellow alleys on the like sidelines are in bounds. Okay. Uh, but the alleys at the end of the courts are out of bounds. And in the women's game, it's the opposite. So it's a narrower court in the women's game, but it's longer but deeper. for mm. some reason. Huh. Uh, because there was only one time where they made a call of like, uh, where a raider was going across and one person stepped like 
he had his whole foot out of bounds, I think it was. I think mm-hmm. you have to be completely out to be out. And uh, one of the referees, like, blew a whistle and was like, you're out. And he, like, complained at her. And I'm just like, I don't understand when somebody is out of bounds. Because they def- when they were scrambling back and going for the tackles. Yeah, they're like, whole they body. Over- <laughs> yeah. So maybe that rule changes once you are, once you have have the potential for points and are making your way back i guess because it just seemed weird that that group of them when they went for the tackle some of them were obviously out of bounds right and it was just like and he still got the point yeah i guess that's fine and it felt Um, like his hand was in the yellow area like drawing an imaginary line from half court mm mm-hmm uh, yeah, but he has to like touch the ground, and so that's yes. why like one of them, he like went to slap it, and his hand was definitely over it, and they pulled <laughs> him back, and so he didn't hit it, uh-huh. and so it was like they got him. Yeah, that's the other thing I like about this sport. Like in American football, we have the idea of forward progress, even though football players love to push someone back, even once forward progress has been established. But this is like, no, just like use all of your guys to yank them back as hard as you can. <laughs> yeah, Which I happened mean, several fun, times. Is it a fun game? So my another question is, uh, could you see Americans playing it? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I could see Americans getting into that. Like, I feel like in general, like Americans are into contact sports. <laughs> like there, there's something about us Americans that just loves like physical confrontation in in its various forms. So I feel like people could get into people could get into that. Because uh, to give you some history on this sport and the way that I found out about it, mm-hmm. I found out about it by some like, British panel shows that I watch. They have on you know, some comedians from all over the world and some were from India and we're trying to explain this sport. So I was looking into it more and I found like a Vice video describing this sport. Interesting. And they, they were using it as like, why is cricket popular in India mm-hmm. and Kabaddi is not that popular? Because it Kabaddi only became like a professional sport like three years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, because and the argument that at least Vice was making was that it's because Kabaddi doesn't have any equipment. Yeah. There's no money in it. There's no sponsors that will take it up. There's no, you know, bat <laughs> manufacturers or pad manufacturers. It's just it's a kids game that I've like apparently almost every like Indian and Iranian kid and uh like that's Asian subcontinent, uh they just know from playing it like us with like Red Rover. I'm guessing Pakistan. But it's like, there's no money in Red Rover. <laughs> right, that's true. I was gonna say I feel like one major barrier, like if people were willing to watch this, is like, and this is more of me projecting, is that I enjoy sports that have not so much equipment, but <laughs> I don't know if projectiles is the correct word like either a puck or a ball Mm -hmm. or something to that effect where there's there's a lot of like kinetic energy going on with a thing that like two opposing forces are trying to interact with and trying Mm -hmm. to (laughs) control um well that's that kind of gets into like what makes sports entertaining to watch 
is randomness. Like right. the the reason that all of our sports that we love watching in America have like balls or pucks is that it in induces randomness into it. Right. Because it's not it's not just I mean, track and field is super awesome to watch in the Olympics and things like that. But if there mm-hmm. was if you the reason track and field isn't watched every weekend is because <laughs> the faster people win. Right. Almost it's every time. Very like binary in that sense. Whereas like there are so many factors like in a something as simple as a shot in basketball, there are so many factors at work there. Um and like if it's an outdoor sport that just kind of like some of my favorite football game so any sports games to watch are like in snow and like ridiculous weather it's like oh man like this is this is just like really rough to play and and just makes it really you know random and dynamic to watch yeah yeah it makes it it, it makes it like unique because these circumstances rarely if ever happen so when mm-hmm. we're seeing these teams compete on an equal playing field obviously but it's just like who knows it's cold it's wet it's rainy it's slippery it's cool right but and when uh, you add contact into that like it adds just another factor of like oh someone might tackle this guy in football which pops the ball off which bounces off another guy who somehow also catches it with one hand <laughs> like that crazy stuff so um, I wish Kabaddi had something like that in there because like once you get it it's like okay you know the, you have a set number of choices that are always going you you were gaming your opponent um, and sizing them up and trying to figure out what your best option is and mm-hmm. repeat yeah yeah because it, yeah, it is a very repetitive game it reminds me of basketball in that it's just like okay now it's your turn to try to score now it's your turn to try to mm-hmm. score i mean it, it makes it interesting kind of in its novel bit of it for us americans watching it but right yeah i wonder if it wouldn't just get super repetitive if you watched a game you know over, yeah. if you watch this sport over and over again every weekend mm-hmm. yeah because like even even in basketball like even though it's your turn like there can be a turnover of course like if somebody steals the ball or if he decided to do a full court press and just like um intercept somebody's pass which is weird i don't Mm -hmm. think i've used the word intercept when describing basketball yeah i mean i guess (laughs) the cutting off a pass yeah right yeah (laughs) um Um, but yeah yeah, i wish uh, there was something like that in kabaddi yeah so uh, overall, uh, if you had to rate this sport on on your viewing enjoyment of it, how would you rate it out of ten? Uh, <laughs> oh man, I never thought I would have to rate a sport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I say, oh man, I don't want to say better than baseball because <laughs> I like yeah. baseball, but. <laughs> I have I like some baseball, problems with watching I, I, baseball. I have such a hard time watching baseball on TV unless uh-huh. it's the playoffs and the Tigers are in it. Yes. If, if it's any other thing, I watch baseball all day every day if I'm at the park. Sure. But I cannot watch it on TV. Yes. Uh, I'm going to give it a six. Give it a six. Nice. Yeah. 
I like it, but I don't love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I, I'm glad I I am happier knowing that that sport exists. Mm. Yeah, that's nice. where I'm at. Nice, very good. Okay, well, I think that just about ends it for our episode this week. Yeah. Yep. So we're gonna watch Stay Hungry. And and we're gonna do the talking simulator next week. Oh yeah, and that will be a doozy for you, Keenan. I hope you've got your game developer cap on for that. <laughs> well, indeed. Uh, well, uh, I've been Keenan. And I'm Jordan. And until next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Like it.